0: But it is now eight minutes after three and the uh, well evolution of rugby union continues in the United States and a brand new professional competition called Major League Rugby is launching in April. So basically it's seven professional franchises involved in the inaugural season. Many people over there picking that this is genuinely a turning point for professional rugby in the US. And a few more centres are slowly building teams thanks to big financial backers with a view of joining this league in the coming seasons. Uh, The real question is though, and someone actually just raised this on the text machine uh, after I teased this interview last hour, how will this survive? Because you may remember a pro rugby competition tried and failed to crack the markets and lasted just a season before folding last year. So what is different about this model and, and who is driving this latest competition and the franchises? So we're going to check in now this afternoon with the New York franchise. They're not actually up and running for this season, but they are going to be taken to the field in the year two of 2019. And what is the very first professional rugby team from New York, which is pretty significant as well. So joining us now is the owner of the New York rugby franchise, James Kennedy, out of the States. Uh, James, good afternoon from New Zealand, and uh, thanks for joining us.
1: Thanks for having me on, Matt. Uh, Great to talk to you guys.
0: Well, give us a bit of a background to this competition coming to be. Seven teams from around the US. How did this get off the ground?
1: Uh, It it actually came came from a group out of the Midwest. Um, uh, They came out of MLS, Mid-League Soccer, Uh, that loved the game and came up with an idea of doing the same model for Robbie. Um, I was on the East Coast talking to a European League about possibly expansion to the US at the same time. Uh, whilst me and my people looked at the data and, and were amazed by the data about Robbie in the US, uh, we, we realized the European model wasn't really the right model, and that the American model would work, uh, engaged with the MLR, the group that was at the time four clubs. Um, and say, so we, we want in, uh, as New York, we want in, um, we represent, uh, our, our union represents 32.5 million people. And, and we, we, we would love to be part of a league in America and we want to get in early and help shape that league. So, uh, it's kind of a broad stroke answer, but then I can get into the details about any particular part of it because I'm an open book, but that's, that's the nexus of
0: it. Brilliant. So it is all go. I mean, it's always tough getting things like this off the ground, but no doubt there are plenty of foundations ready to build on in terms of rugby in the States with seemingly player numbers uh, always on the up. But is it still a challenge really getting this in place and, and launching this league?
1: Oh, yeah, there's a detailed league. Like, there's a detailed level here pardon me. Uh, like, for example, New York, the New York Union has, or it has called it the Empire G, has 54 senior clubs, you know, that, that play at a, some of them play at a pretty decent level, you know, Old Blue, Nyack. Are, are some of the known ones. but right, right through Village Lines is, is a great club. Uh, there's, down. there's There's great clubs here. There's 179, or, sorry, pardon me, 169 high schools to play rugby in the area. Uh, uh, 30 colleges, you know, so there's a good foundation here for rugby. Um, it just doesn't have that, 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 piece at the top. Um, uh, so it's there and it's ready to go. Uh, and now with, uh, all the different content providers that they're looking for content for their various spaces. It, it, we think it's the right time. I think it's the right fit. Um, yeah, uh, and there's players. I mean, there's academies all over Europe and, and that, down in New Zealand, Australia, pumping out players, and these players need to play. So you know, we're getting uh, players in. You know, applications in a dozen a day now from all over all over the world, and, um, and a lot of these guys see it as an opportunity to come to the US. And build a career, not just in sport, but a career in whatever profession they may have trained in. So, it's 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 a good set.
0: How tough is it introducing rugby to a, such a huge market that is New York? It's it's tough.
1: It's tough because whenever you have to say what is rugby, whenever you get that what is rugby question, you're pretty much you're pretty much fucked. So, so you try to say to the people that know rugby, and you know, and New York's an unusual market. There's in the Tri-State area, there's uh how we define it eight hundred thousand tier one born uh people. So, you know, uh people born in France, England, New Zealand, Australia. So with eight hundred thousand people there, we don't have to say what rugby is. You know, and some of those people are CEOs and big corporations. So so uh, that makes it a lot easier. Um the, the uptake in high school rugby makes it a lot easier. Um there's concerns about concussion and stuff like that but but they've been delayed or Parlayed with, with uh, associations with medical institutions, so it's not as hard as I thought it would be. You know, if you'd talked to me two years ago, I would have said, Nah, it's never going to work. But then, as you go out there, uh, the the knowledge for Ruby is amazing. Like I'm in Buffalo, New York, right now tonight. and Buffalo, New York, is a the one-hour flight from New York City. It's also in my catching area. That's a city of 1.4 million people, and I've got uh, two dozen high school coaches that, waiting for me to go back and talk to them. But that's two dozen high school coaches in Buffalo, New York. I mean that's that's a good example of where we are. I mean there is it is a growing game. Uh, the fraternity of rugby, the you know all the values that are inherent in a rugby player are, are values that are very attractive to the American market. So so it's, you know it's it's tough, but it's not tough. I know that's not an answer, but it's. It's the best answer
0: I can give you. Yeah, no, exactly. It's uh, it's good perspective. Many people in New Zealand remember the news a couple of years ago. There was uh, a new pro rugby competition that started in America, I think, for 2016. It ended last year. Yeah. What was what was wrong with that, and how will this competition be able to survive like, like this other one didn't? But, uh,
1: so pro rugby, I, I would guess, and I wasn't involved in that, but I guess it was a well-intended, well-meaning uh, uh, shot at, at special rugby, Um I've I've actually got a lot of respect for the guy that set up Doug Charrier, which is contrary to what a lot of other people feel, because he put his money on the line, and he put his reputation on the line, and it didn't work out. Um, But it's 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 existence was very much a part of our existence, you know. So we could learn a lot from that, you know. It was one man with one checkbook that then that was basically the nexus of the problem. What we have now with MLR is we have. Eight owners today um, that pay in a year in advance to cover all capital costs, all all, all costs, wages, etc., travel. We we pay in advance, so the money's in a fund. So the risk of failure by an individual owner can be dealt with and planned, and not that we want any owner to fail. By the way, um, the players are centrally contracted, so we can control wages and salary. We can. Um, so it as I said, it's the MLS model. So and then it also parity is important. So. The MLS model single entity league, so I own one eighth of this league. And it, the value of the league demands that when I play another team, I don't want to name it because other teams are great, but if I t- play a team and I think that team is weak, it beholds me to make that team stronger. You know, so it, it's in my interest financially to make sure every team is strong. So, you know, we're sharing players, we're sharing coaches, we're sharing sponsorship opportunities investment opportunities, you know, i i just, just, just today, uh, uh, an investor from France who's a good, solid investor with rugby ownership experience to another, another team on the, on the West Coast. Because I thought it would be a better fit. Mm. Um, so, and, and that's that's, that's the key. We're, we're as strong as our weakest man, which is the same as any rugby team, right, when you think about it. So, um, so, so, um, yeah, so the model excites me a lot. Um, it's, it's, not, it's not a traditional, it's a European-based model. It's, it's based on the MLS, um, but I, I think it will work. I mean, I, I mean I'm mean, i putting my money on, on the line that says, says it will work. So.
0: <laughs> James Kennedy with us out of the US. He's the owner of the New York team, talking the new professional rugby league in the States, which is about to launch there. Uh, James, with professional sport anywhere in the world, uh, recruiting and retaining the best players is is always a challenge. Um, How hard will it be for you guys holding on to top American rugby players before they're lured to the likes of Europe, but also attracting players from around the world?
1: I I think, um, uh, from my personal perspective, uh, we we look for players that are US qualified first. Um, I I believe as the national team improves, it improves the value of 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 our league, so we want to address the needs of the national team and, 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 and that's, that's not just kissing the flag. That's, that that's uh, helping the value, right? So the, the second part of that is bringing in overseas players that can add value to the players around them. So if you can find a halfback from New Zealand, for example, if you can come out to a team in, in, in the Midwest and by being there would increase the skill set of those around him, then that's, that's a perfect ad. You know, um, we've got some players towards the end of their careers that have a, that I've reached out the clubs over here. Some of them will be contractors. Number one, and it's all a, it's all about that. It's can that player add value to those that are around him, and not not just be a a, a, show, a show pony, but, but actually add value to the to talent that, that is there. You know, the, um, the, I think there's over 3,500 high schools playing rugby in the United States right now. I mean, the numbers are, are off the charts, right? So, I mean, they're not all playing at a good level, but if we can augment that with with good foreign players, then that's that's fantastic. It's, and and the, the senior player pool is is a little tight. I think there's 130,000 registered uh, players. Um, but but the crane that how, how good they are at the top, it's probably a little tight. Uh, but we are bringing in some overseas players to, to, to augment every team. So, I I guess it's going to be tight. But the only way we're going to get good is by playing the games. You know, you know one of the problems with American rugby. And the, this is the, is what I'm going to give you now is a fan's perspective. It's not any sort of official perspective, but if you watch the U.S. play and, and I, and I play over here and you play against U.S. players, they take that extra 10 to a second to do everything. Whereas someone like me or I, I'm sure all you guys can be doing there it because it's part of who we are with kids at such a young age. We're reacting. We're not thinking. We always react. The American players are still thinking, you know, that, and if we can, by giving them more competitive games, Take that process away and, and take away that that fraction of a second, they suddenly get to be really good, really fast. Does that, I mean, that one think thats a fan's perspective. That's me, mm. as a fan. So, and, and well, as a player as well, I guess. But um, so you know, the player pool is a little shallow right now. But we'll play, the, we'll play, and we'll play, and we'll play, and we'll pump the money back into the into the into youth rugby, high school rugby, and college rugby, and club rugby. And thereby we will, we will make that go deeper and better. Yeah. Yeah, so. Uh,
0: James, is there, is there a belief in, in, you know, excitement that this is genuinely going to be a turning point in, in professional rugby in America?
1: Yes. Uh, there, 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 genuinely is. Um, specifically over the last, uh, couple of months. I mean, I, I think, there was a, uh, the Houston Sabercats played a three season game, uh, a couple of weeks ago and they sold out at 5,400, probably not phenomenal numbers. For you guys to hear, but but for for you to do that uh, in January is, is amazing. You know for, you know um the, there's and the structure the, the 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 ability to absorb failure and plan for failure, but also the ability to to make sure all the teams are strong is is good just from a business point of view. Um, the fact that this league has signed a CBS deal with no games played and and it means there's going to be in prime time. Eastern United States is going to be a game on live television that's accessible to 65 million people um, and there's other deals in play. I mean, I can tell you now that every every MLR team this off any season will, will be will be on TV. I mean, this is phenomenal for what is in this country a certain sport or, you know, a tier two sport. Um, you know, so... All the indicators are positive. Uh, you know, nothing is guaranteed in life. You know, um, as, as a business owner, I can, t- I can tell you that. But all the indicators are positive. Um, and it's ex- incredibly positive. So, um, yeah, pretty excited about it.
0: Fantastic. It is exciting and great to hear the sport, uh, evolving and, and moving into to big markets over there. Well, James, we do really appreciate your time here in New Zealand. Thanks so much for chatting. We can't wait to follow this with interest. I know you've got a few Kiwis involved. Andrew Britt, the assistant coach who, uh, who used to work for our company here in New Zealand and in, in radio. Um, I know that uh, there's a lot of passionate people behind it. So I can't wait to see, to see the New York team evolve and the overall competition too. So thanks, um, so thanks so much for chatting.
1: Yeah, and I'll just say, I, I believe, um, I checked with the Deputy Commissioner, yes, I think there's 24 uh, New Zealanders uh contracted or in contract negotiations with the league of players or as coaches. So there's a good representation. It's, um, uh, I think the, the foreign representation is uh, a lot of Irish, an awful lot of Irish, a lot of Australians, and, and, then, um, and then New Zealand. And um, it's going to be a good cultural exchange as well as good rugby exchange. Um, and I'm very excited about it.
0: Very interesting. Well, James, really appreciate your time, mate, and, and all the best with the new venture.
1: Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you Rich Adam.
0: James Kennedy with us out of uh, New York City. He is the financial backer, the owner of that uh, brand new New York professional rugby team.